Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Man, aren't you thankful that God didn't stay up there, out there, but that truly he is Emmanuel, God with us, with you right now in the middle of whatever you're going through. Amen. Take your Bibles out, and if you'll just get them ready, we're going to kind of jump back and forth between Matthew and Luke as we continue our miracle series. Anybody see Annie yet? Have you been? Oh my goodness, if you have not been this year, we have a limited number of tickets available in the lobby. You're going to want to scoop those up, grab those for you, bring everybody that you can find. I was talking to somebody over the weekend who bought like three or four rows for their friends, family, uh, employees, just bring people. This is amazing and you're not going to want to miss it. And at everything we do at CFA, we tell people about Jesus and... Um, um, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will. We had somebody, we had somebody that was offended that we talked about Jesus. And I don't ever want to offend anybody by being offensive, but you just got to know at CFA, we are all about Jesus. And so we will preach Jesus, declare Jesus, proclaim Jesus. And I think people can get saved at Annie too, amen? So we've had people give their hearts and lives to Jesus at this production. It's, it's so cool. Adoption, we weave that all in at, at the end. Talking, we've been talking about, about miracles the week before. Last week we talked about the conception of a miracle. And I want to talk this week about the carrying, the carrying of a miracle. I don't, I don't mean to mess up your your world. I don't mean to be controversial. I don't mean to drop this bombshell announcement uh, this early in the morning. But you, but you do realize, um, like you've had this class, or like somebody had this, somebody had this talk with you, right? That, well, that babies, well, babies don't just fall out of the sky. You know, you know that, like. Okay, all right, we're good. So, so babies don't, babies aren't just dropped in your lap. You're like, man, I want to be a mama. Whoa, I'm a, I'm a mother. You know, that's not, that's not the way it happens. And, and yet we may know that, but how come, how come spiritually we don't grab this concept? So just as babies aren't dropped in our lap, they're carried. A lot of times, you've got to, got to get this about miracles. Miracles aren't just dropped into your lap by a stork. They're carried by a person. And all the mamas said, amen. Babies aren't just dropped. They're, they're carried. Right? They're, they're carried. So I was getting ready to preach this message last night. And I was getting ready to preach it from the angle of receiving your miracle. And we'll get there. And we still believe that. And had that moment earlier in the service. But God stopped me in the middle of my preparation. And he said, don't preach it that way. I said, what? Do we got to change this whole message? He said, no. Don't ask them if they're ready to receive this a miracle. What God wants to ask you this morning is are you willing to carry a miracle? Are you willing to carry a miracle? I believe that your silent answer to the Holy Spirit in these moments that we're together could alter and change your future. Are you willing to 
carry a miracle. But before you answer yes, and I hope your answer is yes, you got you to just know that when you carry something like that, you're going to be stretched. All right, and in fact, the title of this sermon this morning is Stretch Marks. So again, I didn't mean to be offensive, so I asked people before I titled this, I said, Nobody's gonna, everybody's going to be okay with this title, Stretch Marks, and the room was like, yeah, they'll be fine. Now, it was a room of guys, so I don't know about my wisdom, but... Mothers, I just want to say, no need to worry about those stretch marks. You earned those stretch marks. You carried something. You give all the mothers a hand because they carried something. If you're going to carry something, it's, it stretches us, right? But, and I want to let us know, in case you don't know, that the older you get in life, the more intentional you have to be about stretching. So like... Uh, my daughter, who's eight years old, will put the back of her head up against her heels and, and walk away from it like, like nothing happened. In between services, one of our staff members, Mark Feldman, his daughter's in gymnastics, and I was watching Bella just like tumble on the ground and jump and do on purpose, like doing these things on purpose. On, on the other side of that, um, I was performing a simple household task the other week. I was putting my shirt away. And it was in not the bottom drawer. It was in the second to the bottom drawer. And I leaned over to put that shirt away and did kind of a, uh, it was three, three things. It was like the triangle of death. It was leaning over and I burped and hiccuped at the same time. And I threw my back out like legitimately... Doctor's like, you playing basketball? No, man, I just put a shirt away. I just hang go to the doctor. But I was, I was literally on the floor and came, the kids were gone. I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get up? So I'd, you got to stretch. You got to stretch, right? Go ahead and stretch a little bit this morning. You've got you've to stretch. You've got to stretch. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you got to stretch. You got to stretch. When you're carrying a miracle, jot these down this morning. This will help you, I believe. When you're carrying a miracle, sometimes it will stretch, it'll stretch your relationships. It'll, it'll stretch your relationships. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, Joseph, Pastor Steve preached on Joseph on Wednesday at Deeper. Uh, he said this, and I agree. Y'all, Joseph, Joseph's the man. He is the man. Joseph, who to whom she was engaged was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So here's Mary carrying a miracle, right? She's carrying something from God. Can I tell you that when you're carrying a miracle, it will sometimes stretch the relationships that are closest to you? Can I tell you this morning that not everybody is going to be initially happy about what you're carrying? Even when you're carrying something from God, if Mary would have went to Joseph, if Mary would have went to Joseph and on her testimony alone said, I am still a virgin and I am carrying the Christ child. I know that Joseph is a righteous man. I know that he's a man of faith, but I don't know that he could have believed her. 
So what happened is that Joseph, listen to this, this is key, this is going to help somebody. Joseph had to have his own God moment. Can I free somebody up this morning that you're living under the stress of trying to convince somebody else of something? They got to have their own God moment. Parents, we want to have this for our kids, for our grandkids so bad, don't we? But they got to have their own God moment. If you got an engagement ring and that's your Christmas gift for somebody and you don't know their answer on the other side, they got to have their own God moment. You're not going to be able to convince them. Sometimes the dream that's inside you, the miracle that's inside you, and you want somebody else to open a door, that person on the other side of the door that's going to open that door, they got to have their God moment. So it's not up to you to convince them. The other thing, though, is this. Once you get, once a relationship walks through an initial challenge of stretching, it'll be stronger. Stretching, if you allow it to, will make you stronger. So don't you believe that on the other side of this, Mary and Joseph were closer than before? But you got to stretch together. You got to stretch together. I want to I speak this into some marriages this morning. In fact, if you're sitting by your spouse, would you grab your spouse's hand Sometimes when things happen in our lives, difficult circumstances, etc., what the enemy will do, here's what the enemy always does, he tries to use what's happening to us to destroy us. And so what the enemy will do, the enemy wants you to stretch too. He just wants you to stretch in opposite directions. And so for somebody this morning, what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to use the situation in your life to pull you to pull you apart, but what you've got to say is with a resolve, and I mean a resolve, and I do at the altar resolve, this will not pull us apart. We are going to stretch together. This sickness, we're going to stretch together. This financial challenge, we are going to stretch together. The children walking through a difficult season, we are going to stretch together. Amen. If you're willing to stretch, stretch together, this will not pull you apart. It will stretch you together. You can let their hand go because it's probably getting sweaty. <laughs> That's one of my Christian stresses. Do you have Christian stresses? One of my Christian stresses is like, don't make me hold hands at a prayer meeting. Don't make me hold hands at a prayer meeting. That's one of my, I just, I don't know. I just don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> it'll stretch your patience. <laughs> you've, been, you've been through your patience being stretched. Who am I preaching to this morning that needs some patience? Y'all, there is, there's like normal waiting, and normal waiting is hard enough. And then there's like the weight beyond the weight. This is, this is how, this is another thing. I'm like, Joseph, you are, you are righteous, bro. Like you are absolutely righteous. So Matthew chapter 1 says, verse 25, um, but Joseph did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. Well, how's that a problem, Doug? How'd you like to take your honeymoon nine months after you say, I do? And don't pretend you're all holy just because you're in church. 
Y'all, there's, there's waiting and then there's waiting beyond the way. Like Joseph had been waiting. And then he has to wait another nine months. Did not consummate the marriage until nine months after the marriage. Why would God ask him to do that? Because I believe so there wouldn't be one little bit of doubt that people 10 years later couldn't say, well, I don't know. Let's count the days. You know, you count, count back to when was the baby born and all that stuff. No, I believe that what God wanted to do was a miracle that was so above and beyond any human ability, any human capacity that that's what God wanted to do. And so maybe you're in not only a season of waiting, maybe you're in a season of like the wait beyond the wait. And you're in this time in your life, this season of your life where you're like, Doug, I don't know if I can. I thought I'm, I'm obeying the Lord. I'm listening to his voice. I'm doing all that I can do. Know that what God is doing, I believe in that moment, is he's stretching your miracle to fill even larger proportions than it would have if you jumped the gun. So allow your patience, allow your patience to be stretched. It'll stretch your faith. It'll stretch your faith. And when God stretches your faith, it will stretch you past your fears. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, as Joseph, he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So is Joseph on the path of faith? Nod your head, yes. Is Joseph facing fear on his path of faith? Nod your head, yes. I want to I show you a couple of pictures, and really I think this is going to help you because I think sometimes we have a disillusionment, like this disillusioned idea of what it feels like to step out in faith. So sometimes I think that we think that faith and fear are, are opposites. Like they're two different, I'm walking down this road and I come to a fork in the road or I come to a Y in the road and on this side over here, this is my faith side and if I choose this side, so I have a moment of decision and if I choose this side and choose faith, then I will not feel fear. But over here, if I choose fear, then I'm going to just walk into this thing of, uh, of fear. But let me, let me uh, dispel that myth this morning. How many of you have ever tried to live a life of faith and still had some fear, right? So, so let, me say, let me say it this way. Faith is not the opposite of fear. Thanks. Uh, faith, we'll get there. We're running a little behind this morning. Uh, faith is not the opposite of fear. Faith is on the other side of fear. If I were you, I would write that down. You may not need this right now in your life. I promise you, you will need that. If you can unlock this spiritual thing in your life, it will help you. Faith is not the opposite of fear. Faith is on the other side of fear. If you want to live a life of faith, if you want to bust through fears in your life, you're going to have to bust through fears in your life. You're not going to make a decision and say, I choose faith, and then you're never going to feel fear or face fear. So a few, a few years ago, we went on, uh, we were up in uh, New England, and we went on, the, on this hike. And I, I am, the, I, I've told you this before, but like I'm the dad that every vacation is a perfect vacation in my mind. I have expectations 
of vacations and basically just life in general that are, they're just the most unrealistic expectations. And I know that and I keep having them. So, so that's okay. And so one of the, we were going to go on this hike that morning and it start, it started out sunny. Has that, has that ever happened to you spiritually? Like it's, it started out, like the day started out sunny, the, the job started out sunny, the semester in college started out sunny, the relationships started sunny, and there was, a, uh, there was a choice at the bottom of the mountain, because sometimes the choices we make at the bottom of the mountain affect our journey on the way up the mountain. And the choice that I made at the bottom of the mountain was, um, I believe these were the distances, one side pointed one direction and it said 1.1, 1.1 miles. And the other one said 1.7 miles to the summit. And so, of course, I'm going to choose the, the shorter one, not realizing that, hello, uh, Pastor Doug, the reason that it's shorter is that it's steeper. <laughs> so... If you're going to get, tell your neighbor there's no shortcuts. Just tell them there's no shortcuts. Help, help this out. So I'm assuming, I did not take the 1.7 uh, mile one, but I'm assuming the 1.7 one kind of did switchbacks or maybe went around the mountain. This one went straight up the mountain. And I forget how old my kids were. This was a couple years ago, so maybe six and eight or five and seven or probably too young to be having this amazing, perfect adventure that I had all wrapped up in my mind. But, but, and so the first problem was it, was it was steeper than I thought. You know you're going to face some things in your life that are steeper than you thought, that are harder than you thought. How about that amazing young lady in the video? And I just wanted to ask all of us, and, and, and what's your excuse again? What's like, I mean, the excuse that you're using right now to not finish college, the excuse that you're using, what's, I mean, that'll, that, that young lady in that video will preach to us, right? So a lot of times in life, we're going to face things that are steeper than we thought. And then here was, here was the real problem. The real problem was then we couldn't, we couldn't see. So you see there in that picture, the fog, the fog was coming in, and because we couldn't see, and because the GPS on the phones weren't working really well, we couldn't tell how far it was to the end. It, isn't that sometimes the challenge when you're in the waiting room, when your faith is being stretched, when you're walking through a difficult situation? Like, I can do the waiting thing if I know this is going to end. That's why we have little countdown calendars for the kids at Christmas. Yeah, I know it's really hard on your eight-year-old self now, but open another door or erase the chalk, and you count down because you can see the finish line. But what about times when God asks you to walk through things spiritually and all all you know to do is take another step and it's not any different than the last step and you can't see any further and you take another step and it wasn't any different than the last step but but to in order to press on in order to get through your fears you've got to keep pressing you got to keep stepping you got to keep praying you got to keep worshiping you got to keep fasting you got to keep asking others to pray for you you got to keep in the words you've got to keep doing everything that you know to do 
we did get to the top of the mountain. It was pretty amazing, just the feeling. And then down on the other side of that was beautiful sunshine and, and red New England barns and beautiful fall foliage and all of this kind of stuff. But you'll never, you'll never experience the fullness of everything that God has for you if you don't press on past the fears. The fear that you're facing in your life is not a sign that you took the wrong path. It's simply something that you have to press on, uh, have to press on past. So it stretches us, it stretches us, it stretches our patience, it stretches our relationships, it stretches our, our faith, it stretches our comfort zone. Stretches our comfort zone. Luke 2 uh, verse 1, at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken through the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria, Syria and all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. So, so Mary, Mary makes a couple of trips. Y'all, Mary, I know like Joseph's the man, Mary, Mary's a beast. Like, I love Mary. So Mary made a couple of trips while she was pregnant. The first trip that she, was, that she made was she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Mary lived in Nazareth. Elizabeth lived in Hebron. And that was about, all oh, about a 100-mile one-way trip. So this, this uh, lady who was with child, who was expecting, walks 200-mile round trip. She gets back, and now she has to take another 90-mile trip. And archaeologists are now telling us about this 90-mile trip. Remember, she was like nine months, 90 miles. I think that, that ought to be a new Spartan category, like the nine-month, 90-mile category. And this was up and down. <laughs> this was up and down. So, so this was not in the message, but I see, her, I see her in the audience. You know you have some of those people that are just like, there's competitive, and then there's competitive beyond competitive. And so in our co-ed softball team at CFA this year, who won the championship, by the way, give them a hand. Um, Brooke took a line drive off of her leg and, and broke her leg which if you want a competitive person, there's one competitive person right there. We have another fairly competitive person on our staff who I will not, yeah, I will throw Wesley Show under the bus, who walked up to, who walked up to Brooke and basically there were, there were two um, things that were conveyed. One was, are you okay? Number two was, can you still play catcher? Like broken leg. <laughs> I know you can't play second. I know you can't go side to side, but can you still play catcher? Like Mary had that kind of like Brooke Moose, Wesley Shell competition in her. I'm nine months. They walked, she walked up and down hills. It was treacherous. There were lions on the trail. There were bears. There were robbers. Archaeologists have found things where it warned people about this trip, saying this was going to be a crazy trip. It's dangerous. Her, their three meals a day were like bread in the morning, bread and oil for lunch, and bread and oil and herbs for dinner, because when you're walking 10 to 20 miles a day, you can eat all the carbs you want. Come on. And so Mary's pressing on. I'm pregnant. This is, I already did a 100-mile, a 200-mile Spartan. Now I'm on this nine-month journey. And so why would, why would Mary, why would God, why would God want Mary to be, to be stretched in that way? By the way, you've, I don't know if you've seen the, 
the show, the, the Bear Grylls show, where he takes celebrities like Will Ferrell, Channing Tatum, you know, these Kate Hudson, these different celebrities. I think it ought to have been like Bear Grylls and Virgin Mary. Like, I think that would, that would be, uh, like, Mar Mary, is, Mary is stretched, y'all. But why would, why would God stretch Mary like that? Here's why. Because God had to get Mary to the place. God had to get Mary to the place where her miracle could be born. The miracle wasn't supposed to be born in Nazareth. The miracle wasn't supposed to be born in Hebron. Why is God stretching you right now even beyond the capacity that you feel that you are able to be stretched in because God not only wants to do things in you, he needs to get you to the, to the place in your life where that miracle can be born and it makes a difference. Here's the, here's the final thought. The final thought this morning is this that we're stretched in our perception of open doors. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.